Well, the Dallas Stars were in action last night. They dropped an embarrassing road game to the Arizona Coyotes. And I'll be answering your mailbag questions about all things Dallas Stars. All of this coming up on a Monday edition, the 400th episode of Locked on Stars. Your Locked on Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars credentialed member of the media. It is Monday, February 21st, the 400th episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show, listening to the show, tuning in today, but also just tuning in. If you've been here since day one, uh, back in the days of Josh and Kenneth, uh, and even all the way up to now, you are a, a trooper, uh, a legend. Don't let anyone tell you different. Thank you guys so much for uh, supporting me throughout my endeavors as host of the show and inheriting the show uh, a few episodes before episode 300. Uh, where we actually had Josh and Kenneth on to talk about their time on the show and talk about this hockey season in general. It's been one heck of a ride. I am extremely grateful to be in this position. So thank you guys for 400 episodes. Here's to 500, 600, to infinity and beyond with the Locked on Stars podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Well, Stars fans, before we get into talking about last night's game, be sure to like, follow, subscribe to the Locked on Stars podcast wherever you get your podcast at, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcasting platform. We are free and available no matter where you listen or how you listen. Be sure to give me a follow on Twitter as well at Dane double underscore Lewis or the show at Locked on Stars. You can find us there as well. But without any further hesitation, we have a game to talk about uh if that's the word you want to use for what we saw last night the stars lost to the freaking arizona coyotes uh the six game road win streak comes to a screeching halt uh to again the arizona coyotes uh, a team that will not be playing in an nhl arena for the next few seasons they'll be playing in a college arena holding five thousand fans uh they fans is also uh, one heck of a word to use when describing uh, the Arizona Coyotes, one of, if not the worst franchises in professional sports, at least in North American professional sports. Um, and I'm not just saying that out of bitterness from this game. That is a fact that's been proved proven for many years and is showing its head this season. This is just a, a poverty franchise, as as the kids might say. I feel like I'm hearing that word thrown around a lot more. This is a, not a good team, not a good franchise, not a good look for the Stars. Uh, also playing pretty well in general. Uh, winning, you know, winning their last six on the road, dating back even before the All-Star game. Not the most quality opponents, but still road wins nonetheless, an area where the Stars had been struggling. Beating Colorado on Tuesday, getting an odd win on Friday night in Chicago against the Blackhawks, where they had to go into a shootout after a 0-0 game. Went all the way from the first puck drop in the first period all the way to the end of OT. And, of course, uh, Scott Wedgwood played like a Vesna finalist. Um, pretty much, if you want to have um, you know, a good highlight game as a goalie. You need to be playing against the Dallas Stars. 
Uh, he, again, like I said, looked like a, a Vesna finalist, was making some insane saves. So do need to give credit to him, even though the Stars have played Wedgwood twice already this season and gotten the best of him. He looked pretty much impenetrable on Sunday night. And really, the only goal he gave up, I would argue, was a fluke goal. Um, of course, if you're the Stars or a fan of the team, you know you take the goals however you can get them. But a long shot from Miro Heiskanen that bounces off the stick of Pavelski, the skate of Rupe Hintz, and then kind of slowly slides its way past Scott Wedgwood. I, I mean, maybe a little bit of strategy there for Miro, thinking he can get that kind of bounce or you know ricochet chaos in front of the net, what have you. But really, it was impossible for the Stars team to even crack the armor of Wedgwood, which is incredibly frustrating. And Jake Ottinger, not a terrible night in his own right, only giving up two goals. But just embarrassing that the Stars really couldn't get any offense going last night uh, on you know, in Arizona against the Coyotes, one of the worst teams all around statistically. Doesn't matter where you look. This is a terrible, terrible rebuilding team. Uh, and even against Chicago, they couldn't get anything going there. They didn't score a single goal in that game. Uh, Jacob Peterson really the only, you know, he gets the game-winning goal in the shootout. But, of course, those don't count as actual goals that go down in the stat sheet. And, really, the offense just seems to never work for the Stars against the bad teams. We've been seeing it all season long. If you remember back in the early stages of the season, those two games against Ottawa, who's one of the worst teams in the league this season statistically, and by record as well, the Stars really not able to score against them. The Columbus Blue Jackets had a shaky season. The Stars really not able to do much against them earlier in the season when they played them on the road. The Montreal Canadiens, you look back to just a few weeks ago, the Stars struggling to get offense going there. Really just been a theme of this season, and this doesn't really add up. I mean, I don't understand how you can score four against Colorado and their building, and then two game, the next two games put up one goal, a goal that many would argue, including myself, a flute goal, a goal that maybe should not have gone in. Uh, Chicago, I'm willing to give a little bit more grace because Marc-Andre Fleury is Marc-Andre Fleury, three-time Stanley Cup winner, Vesna Trophy winner. I mean, the guy is one of the best goalies of all time and still a good goalie despite what Chicago's team record would indicate. So a little bit of grace there on my end still. Uh, you know, you think the Stars could get at least a few passes him. They've done some good damage to some other good goalies in the league this season. But Scott Wedgwood, uh, certainly not the level of Marc-Andre Fleury. But yet again, he he looked like an, an all-star, all-pro, all whatever you want to call him. Uh, he looked way too good against the Stars last night, and the Stars really couldn't execute on the few opportunities that they did have. Uh, the shot that's haunting everyone related to the Stars is that shot of Jason Robertson missing that wide-open net and Rupe Hintz throwing his arms up in celebration. I just slapped the mess out of my mic, raising my arms there. Uh, Rupe Hintz raising his arms in celebration because he's like, oh, this is Jason Robertson, uh, you know, the, the offensive prodigy of this organization, wide-open net. Uh, and that's pretty indicative of how the night went for the Stars. And this game and that play are going to haunt this team for the foreseeable future because they did not continue to put pressure on that second wildcard spot. At the time of recording this, the LA Kings still sit with a somewhat comfortable three-point lead in that regard. And I know that they have another matchup coming up soon with the Coyotes. So things looking a little more favorable for the Kings at this moment. The Stars still plenty of season to catch up. But this is one of those games, worst team in the league, the second worst team, if you want to say the Canadians are the worst, that's a fair argument as well. I mean, you have to win this game. No no ifs, ands, or buts about it. This is a game, you know, every point matters. We've been saying it all the time over the stretch. You know, it's big that you got that win in Chicago. I mean, not a pretty win. Lots of mistakes and errors there as well. But you got the two points, and that's what matters. But to go into this game against the Coyotes to close out this road trip and to not even get a point 
Uh, one thing to maybe lose this game in overtime, you come back tie, maybe lose an OT, you get a point out of it. Uh, that's at least not a complete waste. But I mean, it's just inexcusable. And it's, uh, yeah, a, a waste of time. Uh, because, I mean, you really need those two points because now you still have two more division games coming up to close out this stretch of division matchups. You get Winnipeg at home on Wednesday, but then you travel to Nashville on, on a Friday night. Um, and that's always a tough game to play in Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. So really nothing guaranteed. And then, of course, they will play the Buffalo Sabres next Sunday at home. They've already fared well against the Sabres so far this season. But again, uh, whenever they play the bad teams, it's up in the air on which Stars team we are going to get. And so, it, it, again, just looking at the stats in this game makes it so much more frustrating, at least from the outside looking in before this game. The Arizona Coyotes, the literal worst power play in the league, 32nd on power play percentage and a 12.1 power play percentage. Uh, six power play goals at home going into this matchup. They now have seven. Uh, the Stars allowed the Arizona Coyotes to win the special teams battle in this game, which isn't a good recipe against any team in the NHL, but let alone the worst team. Uh, the 31st penalty kill in the league at a 72.9 percentage there on the PK. 45 power play goals against. That's the second most in the league. Vancouver only has given up more, and I believe it's only 46. So not too much of a difference there. And the Stars, granted, only getting two opportunities on the power play, unable to convert on either of their opportunities. And so this is just not the Stars team that we've been seeing over the past few games. And, you know, if this is a, a better opponent, maybe this is one you shake off on the road. Again, if, if they lose, you know, that game on Tuesday to Colorado like this, uh, a close 2-1, 3-1 matchup, you kind of shrug it off and say, yeah, I mean, that's Colorado. That's the avalanche for you. That's a good team playing them in their building. But playing against the Arizona Coyotes where they have literally five people there to watch their games uh, and any other fans are probably stars fans. They're just people who don't have anything better to do on a Sunday because football's over. The Super Bowl was last week and they thought, man, it's sports. And I live here in, in Glendale, Arizona may as well go catch a game uh, playing in front of five people who actually care about this franchise. J just an embarrassing look. And uh, hopefully one that the stars will bounce back from against Winnipeg on Wednesday, because they have a little bit more extra ground to make up now uh, in trying to catch at this moment, the LA Kings for that second wild card spot. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, including yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. So many delicious flavors, these are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, including the Puffs, 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. You can replace candy bars with Built Bars. They are better. A typical candy bar has anywhere between two to 300 calories. But if you scroll down the macros chart for Built Bars, you will be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. You can go to built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at built.com. Moving on to the next segment of today's episode of Locked on Stars, your first listen of the day. Time to go through some mailbag questions in honor of today's uh, episode being the 400th episode of the Locked on Stars podcast. Figured I would open up the floor uh, to the listeners out there on Twitter um, to ask some questions uh, that I can answer on today's episode. The first one coming, kind of, kind of two guys asking the same question. 
uh, at Joe Walton 9090 and at D Wayne 2332. Dakota Scott, uh, his name on there. Both kind of asking uh, similar questions, and I'm throwing them up on the screen here on YouTube, kind of talking about physicality or at least the lack of physicality for the Dallas Stars this season, talking about maybe do the Stars need to look for more size at the trade deadline, maybe look for an enforcer kind of player, talking about how you know the Dallas Stars maybe getting pushed around a little bit this season on a physical level. And so the question kind of being raised, do the Stars need to pursue some bigger guys at the trade deadline or some guys that maybe can force the issue on the physical side of things for the Stars team. And I think that's a really interesting question. And I do agree. I think there are some games where maybe it feels like the Stars are getting pushed around and bullied a little bit more. We saw recently um, that Winnipeg game, Jamie Benn fighting Brendan Dillon after John Klingberg takes a nasty hit. And I, I know both these guys kind of mentioned, I heard you know, Dakota mentioned, uh, Jamie Benn really seeming to be carrying the load, at least in terms of a guy that's willing to kind of get in people's faces. I mean, all these guys, I mean, it's hockey, it's a physical sport. Checking and hitting is a part of the game. None of these guys are really afraid of that, but Jamie Benn really only, you know, the only guy that I can think of this season that's going to take it to a guy, maybe without being prompted, uh, just, you know, that's the, the Jamie Benn way. But when you look at this team, at least from a size standpoint, not really their ability to hit and force the issue as far as being an enforcer. I mean, if you look at the size on the Stars team, the Dallas Stars actually do have some pretty good size. Jamie Benn, the aforementioned player, 6'2", 210 pounds. Roddick Fox is 6'3", 220 pounds. Rupe Hintz, 6'3", 210. Yanni Hockenpah coming in at a whopping 6 foot 6 inches uh, and two, 220 pounds. Thomas Harley, 6'3", 205. And Essa Lindell, 6'3", 220. And those are just some of the bigger guys. A lot of the guys on the team over 6'1", 6'2", and a lot of them pushing 200-pound mark or a little bit over it. Um, and, and obviously some shorter guys on the team as well. But I don't think that the issue is size within itself on the Stars team because there are some big dudes on this team. And, and we, that's pretty typical across the NHL as well. A lot of these guys are big-bodied. Um, and, you know, obviously they use that to their advantage to hit and use their bodies on the board to edge out those you know, their opponents in order to win puck battles on the board in the faceoff circle, what have you, they use that size to their advantage. But I think the issue lies more within the stars players themselves, not really looking to use that physicality to be an enforcer type player like Jamie Ben, or maybe a Ryan Reeves kind of player. That I think that Dakota talked about in his question, uh, you know, a guy that's kind of known as the, the, maybe not the instigator, but a guy that's not afraid of a fight, either accepting one or starting one on his own and, and kind of forcing the issue and setting the tone physically for a team. Because even that uh, on Super Bowl Sunday, whenever the stars played the Colorado avalanche, I feel like the stars were outmatched physically and that game kind of going down to a, a body on body level, but also just a speed level. Um, so I think that also lies a little bit in the issue with the stars is that the stars roster is one of the oldest in the NHL. So they're a naturally slower team as well. I think if you're a little bit faster, maybe you avoid some of those hits and body checks that maybe you get whenever you're a slower team and you can't get out of the way or avoid them as easily. And so it makes, I mean, if you look at the trade market, it's kind of hard to pinpoint any of these big name guys out there on the market of, you know, obviously the bigger names, Claude Giroux, uh, guys like that of that caliber, and even Thomas Hurdle, who, you know, would be an interesting fit with the Stars. I don't think by any means that the Stars will get him at the trade deadline out of San Jose. But, I mean, he's a big name in much trade talks, and he's also a big guy, 6'3", 215, but... Really, it's hard to pinpoint any of these guys and being like, oh, this is an enforcer guy, because that's not really what you're looking for at the trade deadline. Whenever whenever you're looking to draw in a big name, you're looking for a guy that can, tr can contribute offensively and 
you know, defensively with their stick or their ability to block shots or disrupt plays from the opposing offense. So that's a hard, you know, attribute to pinpoint because it's kind of one of those intangibles, the things you don't teach uh, as coachy and corny as that might sound. Uh, it's a hard thing to be on the lookout for and really probably not the only thing the Stars will be seeking. It'd be a nice additive to anyone they potentially get at the trade deadline. But I, I think that that's fair. I think that that'll be something they'll be kind of looking for. Probably not the main you know, selling point, pushing point for the stars at the trade deadline, but certainly something that they will need to be on the lookout for. And, it, you know, it's I think the, it just comes down to the players and, and, you know, following in Jamie Ben's footsteps and looking to be that guy on the ice and kind of, you know, taking it to the other team and saying, hey, we're setting the tone in this game. We're, you know, from the get go, we're laying down the law the way that we see fit. We're setting the tone in this game. We're setting the pace and we're going to come out and hit you in the mouth, whether this is a game we're expected to win or not. Uh, and that's, you know, I think what Dallas Stars hockey has been historically. And maybe we've seen a little bit of a step back from that this season. And I'm not sure what the cause of that is. Uh, you know, as much as Rick Bonus could be criticized for other things, I don't think that's necessarily uh, something that he's changed because he's been with this team long enough now. Or even last season and the season before, I think we saw that a little bit with this team. A little bit more chippiness to it. So not entirely sure what the change has to do with this year, but I do agree. It's been a little bit lackluster and I would love to see a little bit more. Uh, I don't want to say heart from the stars team. because I think we see a good amount of that from other areas of the ice, but at least when it comes to this physicality side of the team, would like to see a little bit more of that drawn out within this team as the season goes on. I don't think that's the main issue with this team. There's clearly so many other things going wrong on the ice for this team at certain times, like lack of offense, lack of scoring. I think that's going to be a bigger point of emphasis at the trade deadline if they are looking to add a player to the roster. And, you know, adding an enforcer kind of player would be nice for this team, but it's not going to, you know, race this team from where they're at to the next level. So very, very interesting, you know, question and interesting thing to be on the lookout for. And coming up next, we will answer yet another big question that has a little bit more big overall implications for the Stars organization as a whole. And a little bit more of a fun question to send you off on this Monday. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetOnline.net. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full swing for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, and player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Closing out today's episode of Locked on Stars, your first listen of the day. Your host, Dane Lewis here at Dane Double underscore Lewis on Twitter. And of course, our show can be found on Twitter as well at Locked on Stars. Be sure to give us a follow on both of those accounts. Closing out today's mailbag portion of the show. Got another question from follower, listener of the show, text critter at Cubs Madonna asking which four players on the Stars for me would be on a Dallas Stars Mount Rushmore. He said Stars Mount Rushmore. I'm taking that as Dallas Stars uh, Mount Rushmore. You probably could you know, throw in some Minnesota North Stars players or make a Minnesota North Stars Mount Rushmore in its own respect. But just kind of uh, after I thought about it a little bit, I'm only going with guys 
Uh, well, that's not entirely true. Uh, one of these guys did play for the Minnesota North Stars, but he had a huge impact whenever his jersey said Dallas and when this team was in Dallas, and I don't think there will be any dispute on this player. Um, but also do keep in mind, uh, as I'm reading out this list, this is my list for Dallas Stars, Mount Rushmore. Uh, you know, I, I, whenever I think Mount Rushmore, I don't necessarily think the best players in team history, uh, but these are the kind of players that you can't tell the story of the Dallas Stars without these players. And of course, there's only four spots on this list. And so some guys not quite making the cut. I'll throw out some honorable mentions at the end. This is, of course, my list. Uh, I would love to hear any of your list that you might have on Twitter uh, because everyone is entitled to their own opinion. This is just my opinion. And of course, I was also born in December 1998. So there are several players that played for the Stars back in the 90s and even early 2000s that I didn't really get to see play just because I was too young and wasn't really invested in hockey up until um, the past few years later in my life, uh, later teenage years, early 20s, where I'm at now. So, of course, take that into consideration as well. But again, would love to hear uh, anyone else's um, you know, thoughts on Dallas Stars, Mount Rushmore on Twitter. But without any further hesitation, here is mine. Starting with a very obvious choice, this guy should be on everyone's Dallas Stars, Mount Rushmore list. And that is, of course, Mike Madonna, uh, the American superstar hockey player himself, described pretty much as Superman coming in to the NHL when he was drafted number one overall by the Minnesota North Stars, but eventually would go on to play for both them and the Dallas Stars and one season with the, the Detroit Red Wings, but is clearly known by many across the hockey world as a Dallas Star and the best Dallas Star of all time, undisputed. 561 career goals, 813 career assists, telling 1,374 career points everything you would want out of a first overall draft pick. I mean, he was one of the best skaters in NHL history. So good with the puck, so good with his stick handling. Uh, many would say, you know, when reading up on this, that his jersey fit different because it looked like there was a cape coming off his back when he skated on the ice. Just an absolute thrill of a player to watch. Watching his highlights is always a good time for myself. The highest scoring American-born player in NHL history. His number nine is retired in the American Airlines Center rafters. That's an easy choice. He's a Hall of Famer. And he's on the NHL's list of the 100 greatest players in league history. Again, a no-doubter, the best Dallas star of all time, the best player in franchise organization history, without a doubt, and probably will be so for the rest of time, Mike Madano. Very easy choice for the number one spot on my Dallas Stars, Mount Rushmore. The second one, call it recency bias if you want, but Sergei Zuboff gets the second spot on my list. Uh, of course, his number 56 getting retired just uh, about a month ago, a little less than a month ago on January 28th by the Dallas Stars. It now hangs an immortality in the AAC Raptors. 152 goals for Sergei, 619 assists, totaling 771 points. He's a Stanley Cup winner, as is Mike Madonna. I feel like that's the one thing I graced over Madonna and Zuboff, both very key ingredients to that Stars 1999 Stanley Cup championship. And Sergei Zuboff, really set the example for defensemen across the league. I did a whole episode on the history of Sergei Zuboff. I encourage you to go check that out if you have not listened to it or watched it already. Broke down pretty much his entire career, including his time with the Stars. Paved the way for guys like John Klingberg, Kale McCarr, Miro Haskinen, Adam Fox, you name it. If there's a modern NHL offensive-minded defenseman, Sergei Zuboff helped pave the way for those guys. Just the way that he played with the puck at the blue line, but also the way that he played defense, also an effective player, and was just so consistent for the Stars whenever he was playing with them. Of course, started his career out in New York and one season in Pittsburgh, but was never below 35 points from the start of the 1996-97 season all the way through the 2007 and 2008 season. He was always above 
35 points throughout that stretch whenever he played for the Dallas Stars. So a consistent cornerstone kind of piece, and that's why he's on my list uh, for the you know Mount Rushmore for the Dallas Stars. Now, the third one, this is a guy that may be a little bit controversial, just given some of the guys that might get left off. But when it comes to being able to tell the overall story of the Dallas Stars, I think this guy is a huge piece, and he's still on the team. And that is, of course, the current captain, Jamie Ben fourth all time in the Dallas Stars history in goals and assists, third all time in points and games played. A guy that is slowly starting to climb towards some of Madonna's records, still has quite a way to go in those regards, but still, you know, been a consistent guy, been drafted by this Dallas Stars team and has been on this team ever since. He, he's going to probably finish out his career with the Dallas Stars, maybe go play a season or two in another city, but ultimately he is forever marked as a Dallas star across the hockey world. He won the Art Ross Trophy back in 2015 by recording 87 points and then topped that feat in the 2015-2016 season by scoring 89 points. But, of course, Patrick Kane won the Art Ross Trophy that season. He's a lifetime star. He's the current captain of this team. We talked about it last segment that he's you know he fights for his guys he loves his guys loves his team his play offensively has been a little bit on the decline because he's getting a little bit older but if you go back you know and watch him in his prime uh, he was truly a special special player still is to some degree but obviously a little bit of wear and tear now revealing itself as he's been playing for quite some time now but i think he's a, a very fitting choice to be on this dallas stars mount rushmore and especially if somehow the stars can win a championship while he's still on the team i think that would cement his spot on any Dallas Stars Mount Rushmore at this time. And then coming in the last spot. And again, uh, you know, I, I imagine this is a guy that many people would expect to be on here, but also uh, maybe not. Um, and again, that's because it's a matter of opinion. This is mine. Again, would love to hear yours at Dane Lewis at Locked On Stars on Twitter. But my last pick for my last spot on my Dallas Stars Mount Rushmore is Yuri Leitinen, uh, another lifetime Dallas Star, another guy who has his number. 26 in the rafters at the AAC, a three-time Selkie Trophy winner, one of the best defensive forwards of all time, was never the flashiest offensive player or going to put up the best numbers offensively, but a guy that worked very hard on both sides of the ice, could still put up some good offensive numbers, but also was an absolute force on the defensive side of the ice for the Dallas Stars, a guy that the Stars would love to have on their team right now, a guy that could score offense pretty effectively, but also really forced the issue on defense, really set the tone for two-way excellence that was known for the Dallas Stars in the mid to late 90s and early 2000s. I mean, that was just the way that they played, and I really wish that that's how they played now, but they really don't most nights. Uh, again, his number 26 retired, a guy that is held in high regard by the Dallas Stars organization and fan base. He's the Dallas Stars leader in career, plus minus, and just an embodiment of what the Dallas Stars are all about grit and grind hard work and supporting your team through it all because he was a lifetime Dallas star and a very special player to this organization. Some honorable mentions that did not quite make the cut. Uh, two former captains, Darian Hatcher and Brendan Morrow. Uh, Brett Hole, just simply because he scored the game-winning goal for the Dallas Stars in the 1999 Stanley Cup Finals. Didn't play for the Stars for that long. Only had three seasons with the team. But, you know, I mean, he's a key figure whenever you tell the story of the Dallas Stars, but not quite enough to make the list just because of that feat. And, of course, Marty Turco, I think a guy that could have made this list as well, but just barely on the fringe, but still a pretty fantastic career as a Dallas Star and holds a lot of records as far as goalies go for this organization. But that's going to do it for my list. Those are my four players on my Dallas Stars, Mount Rushmore, Mike Madano, Sergei Zuboff, Jamie Benn, Yuri 
Layton in. Again, would love to hear anyone else's list on Twitter. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Be sure to subscribe to and follow the Locked on Stars podcast wherever you get your podcast at. We are free and available no matter where you listen or how you listen. You can also rate and review if you like what you hear. You can also find me on Twitter at Dane double underscore Lewis at Locked on Stars as well. Be sure to give me a follow on both of those spots. Thank you again for making Locked on Stars your first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen of the day. The Locked on Fantasy Hockey Podcast hosts Steele, Roden, and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast at. Be sure to tune into the Locked on Stars podcast tomorrow as we continue to get prepared for the week ahead for this Dallas Stars team to the big divisional matchups going down this week. And we're going to start getting you prepared for those games tomorrow. So we'll see you there, Stars fans. Have a great Monday.